Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or in SoundCloud and get it automatically. If you use the Stitcher app, the show is there as well. You can generally listen to it on YouTube if you like listening to stuff on YouTube. Like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. My email is Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MyFirstSketch. Thanks to everyone who came to Philly Sketch Fringe this past Friday. Hope you enjoyed yourselves, and I hope you're ready for Dirtiest Sketch in Philadelphia. October 20th, back at the Playground of the Adrian, 10 p.m. So if you're a sketch group and you want to submit to perform, go to the Philly Sketch Fest Facebook page, and there's a Google form there for you to sign up. Okay, so back to the last of my series of chats talking to Fringe performers. Today's guest is Megan Thibodeau, who you may remember as one half of Baby Steps. I've known Megan since college, and she will be performing this week in a show called Dear Diary LOL. Dear Diary LOL takes a look at the diaries of the teenage self, so instead of the first sketch, here is an excerpt from Megan's diary from the show. Let's get to it. Well, now that I'm a teen, I guess I should keep a diary so when I'm old I can laugh at myself. Tomorrow is my party, yeah. The big crossover onto the rocky road of teendom where you're supposed to live and breathe boys, friends, and clothes. I've been doing that since I was 11 and a half. Hey, Megan. Hi, Josh. So, um, this is a little different because, you know, we're doing a friend show and you're not really a sketch performer. You've no. done characters, you've done mm-hmm. bits, you've done comedy. You're mostly a theater person, a real actor. <laughs> um, and I'm cheating my own show here. I know, a lot of cheats on this one. That's, um, so... <sighs> I don't even know where to start since we're cheating so much. <laughs> I know. I was curious to know where you were going to even begin. Um, well, let's start. Like, let's, All right. Let's go to the beginning instead because that's not um, – where are you getting into performing? Like, What makes you want to be a performer, an actor, creator? I've always – Like, How far back does it go? Well, it's funny because this piece that we're working on for Fringe is we're pulling out our diaries from when we're 13, and it's – filled with dreams and hopes of being on stage and performing and I, I write whole poems about it I was pretty <laughs> pretty obsessed so it was gung-ho like even before I met you yeah yeah, yeah. and like it, the college that we went to like I calculated getting getting into that college getting a, a scholarship so, like, like, like that I, was, I was like, like so you wanted to go to Messiah isn't that yeah. well, <laughs> well I, okay so I I was like I was you know in that kind of boat too like <laughs> yeah. Messiah was my first choice exactly also it was a parental thing they were like you can study theater at but, a Christian institution right. because that sounds safe but to be fair mm-hmm. I mean I would imagine if I said study theater in a Christian college, certain people are going to have a, a depiction of the type of show that you were going to do. Right. 
And I would say the Messiah didn't do it that. It worked opposite on me. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I got there and there, there was a like, lot of... Like the shows would be like about the dangers of, <laughs> you know, like those like morality tales or like yeah. Thief in the Night or whatever they were called. But like... Yeah, it, it was That's actually, not what Messiah Theater did. It was really helpful because I hated a, a lot of the experiences that I had and I didn't know why. Like mm-hmm. it, it sort of pushed me... Uh, into a different zone creatively because I was unsatisfied and I'd spent my whole teen years just so excited to go to this school mm-hmm. and with so many hopes for the program. So I actually finished in three years instead of four because I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> so, um, but it was great because then, then it set me on my search mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, what, what am I trying to do? And what does excite me? So I think being in Philly um, and seeing just, I don't know, I, I, I remember the Fringe Festival being a really like exciting yeah. place for me to get into different artists that, um, that inspired me and, and show me that you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> like, you, don't, you know, there's really no rules. Yeah. Um, so you get a bachelor's in act, act, what, acting act, or theater? Th- yeah. Whatever. Act, what, yeah, like, theater. Uh, but I, I know you go because, you know, we... They go to school together, and mm-hmm. we have mutual friends, and yeah, yeah. we've been to Jamaica together. We like, have. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you actually run the first episode of this show of the. Of oh, that's right! I completely yeah. Yeah, you. That's that's true. You write a sketch for us. Oh um, man. Uh, but I know you studied in New York. I did. Yeah. I. Have, uh, what was it? Right before my senior year of college, I studied at Circle in the Square, which is uh, like a theater school a, a for real in, important theater, theater people. Um, but I took this class that was a physical acting class, and I, for the first time, thought about how funny the body is mm-hmm. and and how funny the voice is. And that really opened my eyes to understanding that I needed to go study some real weird mm-hmm. um techniques of theater to sort of get to the root of what I was trying to find. So what else happens before you get to pig iron? Like, so I basically elope and right. moved to the Midwest. Where you, you disappeared. Disappeared for five years about. Um, while I was there, I was scenic painting um, and, and teaching in a few colleges, just painting. Okay. Um, so I took a five-year break from all performance. And then... Uh, really just un- realized that I was unfulfilled and sad. And so we moved back out to the Philadelphia area mm-hmm. and uh, I got back into it. Um, I used to play uh, Snow White at the Hedgerow Theater for like children. Right. I re- yeah. I um, remember the, the, there so was like a was children's like, I, like, theater. I like dipped my toe and I was like, okay, I can do children. Like, and I won't tell any of my friends to come see me. Let me <laughs> make sure that I still know what I'm doing. So I, so I did that. And then I realized that I needed to like, actually go like and, get and going get, so yeah. i moved to philly i started interning with pig iron and discovered this wonderful program um that really stretched me and challenged me and taught me about writing taught me about performing in a way that i had never really accessed before mm-hmm. um and all right so what's pig iron like because i you know i know a couple of people have gone through it it's like a master's basically like yeah master's class of yeah, it's a, it's a conservatory sort of program. I was in the second ever class, so my experience is a little different from what it is n- now. Right, because um, now it's it's a like proper mm-hmm. school. But I, so I I did a, a two year certificate program, and every week we had to come up with a new piece, 
every single week. How long are these pieces? Like it's you know the prompts varied, uh, okay. and occasionally when we were working on like there's this one great exercise called Hotel Paradiso where there are five actors and eleven characters, and you can never leave the stage empty, and so it's just a really fun farce mm -hmm. situation. So on projects like that, we sometimes you know got a little extra time, but the general spirit was that something new was going to be created every Friday morning to show to the faculty and to get immediate feedback. Oh, yeah. So it was just the two years of intense generation and learning how to work with a small group because there were only, I think, 13 of us by mm -hmm. the end. So it was also, uh, you know, taught me a lot about writing with others. Yeah, I, like, historically, I've, like, you know, whenever I hear people doing like a monthly show or a bi-weekly show, I mean, we're like, oh, that's too much. Oh, it's exhausting. And then you say that, I'm like, oh, that's entirely too much. Like, it was, it was really, really crazy, but it was also, it drove me a little mental and it, and helped me like <laughs> access some stranger mm -hmm. parts of my brain because, I mean, some, some days, especially towards the end, we were changing three times a day into different costumes. So I was like, wait, who am I right now? What, what is this class? What's yeah. going on? Uh, but it was just such a fun um, and frustrating sometimes, but like stretching experience as an artist. And it, I like left there feeling ready to like, I was like, okay, I can write, I can write stuff. Yeah. I can do this. Um, and okay, so this podcast is mostly about sketch comedy. Uh, yeah, it has to be comedy. And I know very little about theater, like, I'm a little bit of a musical theater nerd. There's, you know, certain <laughs> shows that I love. Uh -huh. um, so I know very little about, like, theater and experimental theater. But so the weird thing that happened, like, as friends of people, I, of some, you know, I've known you for almost 15 years mm -hmm. or, you know, oh a little, right. little less than that, but, like, make us feel old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just showed up one day, like, on my <laughs> Facebook timeline friending like 30 other people I know <laughs> and there just this is weird like what is happening where was Me like where was Megan that right. she knows Brian Kelly now like <laughs> yeah. you know this weird like so and this is something I didn't know about because I don't know Facebook advertising you know failed me or <laughs> I wasn't whatever else it was out of the blue it right. was a complete uh 2016 yeah, 16 Bechtel Test Fest. That's, yep. Mm -hmm. Baby Step shows up. Yes. Tell me about Baby Steps. Let's start at the beginning of how did Baby Steps begin? So um, myself and, and my collaborator uh, that worked on that project with me, Angela Young, uh, we were in the same cohort at school. Mm -hmm. And we left school feeling really hungry and really curious about a few different things. Um, it all started because I signed us up for a Kate Bush tribute night at the Barbary, and I, I remember seeing that. We realized that, like, oh, we have to. Okay, let's do this. Let's make yeah. a thing. And so we did this um, act where we dressed as um, George H. W. Bush, okay. and and uh, and his father, and, and and then we did a striptease. It was very strange, but it was really uh, exciting to try just throw things mm -hmm. out into the real world because we'd been so. How was it received? pretty well because <laughs> like i mean there's part of me that's like you know a kate bush tribute like they were confused right i think actually that that, that that's the part that i was, was the like spark it was so exciting to have an audience like 
ready to turn in either direction right. and to be able to control those dials. And not like I like always can, but you're going to a night expecting cover songs. Right. Yeah. And you have two women dressed as former presidents. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, yeah. But then as soon as we started taking uh, our clothes off, people were more uh, in, into the act. But it I mean, there's <laughs> a joke to be there too, but, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, it just, it started a, it started a time of collaboration and, I happen to uh, know some of the ladies who are putting together the Bechtel Test Fest, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be a great opportunity to just try and maybe fail, mm-hmm. but tr- try. Um, so I had uh, the character that I played, I had already developed for a cabaret night at Le Peg at French Arts. Okay. So she'd already sang before, so I knew she was a singer. Um, and then we created this little act where we're, we're a little band, and... Um, it it was so fun and so exciting to to just debut at that festival and then um, it's such a warm community yeah and it was amazing um, so so baby steps is a two part is a duo you play Sherry yes mm-hmm. and Andalyn plays Terry who is the brother right right fake mustache you know like mm-hmm. yeah a yeah. little weird like Sunny and Cher vibe whenever I saw it right. like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, where did the character come from? Well, we knew we had Sherry to other start than the, with. Yeah, other and than that cabaret. The way that she began, she sort I was just interested in, I was interested in homebodies. I was interested in, um, I don't know, like subverting expectations. Mm. And we also were very visual. Uh, I love costumes. Yeah. And uh, I, I love a really clear visual image and and so once I put on high heels and she took her shoes off and we realized how kind of unbelievable the height difference was we were like okay there's some there's some heat here we like this uh we both um definitely were drawing on some stuff from school a lot of clown work um and so it just sort of came together we always would improvise together and then set um so we'd spend a lot of time writing uh I think in 2016 we made, I don't know how many hours of material we made. Because, I mean, I had seen it a couple times, and, you know, we joked about our friend's wedding in Jamaica. You were writing (laughs) in Jamaica, (laughs) and even I'm like, what are you doing? I'm not, like, I'm not doing anything. Like, just hang out. Like, like, I understand that something's coming, but, like. Yeah, yeah, we just, we really dove in and went for it and also challenged ourselves, um, to, to write a lot of new stuff. Right, and I think that's another thing I brought up to you is like, you can do the same thing again. Like, I know, I know. It's so <laughs> funny. Like, and, and we knew that we could, but uh, like, that was, was just every, such a trajectory. All right, so you do Bechtel Test Fest. Yes. You do Philly Sketch Fest. Yes. There's an art gallery show, I'm sure. Like, right? I think. Yeah. There, well, you the you only do thing a show at Fit. You uh-huh. do another Sketch Fest Presents. Was yeah. each show different? Yes. Completely? The only thing we were... Repeated as we sang one song at a theme show night right. that we had done at right, okay, right, right. And I'm telling you, that's crazy. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> it you was, could have repeated something. It was a, it was a lot of work, but um, it's great to have done that mental gymnastics. I also didn't know I could write songs or hadn't challenged myself mm-hmm. to write songs, and now that feels like a fun muscle to flex, right. not a totally confusing like what's a 
what's a bridge? Right. What's the verse? How do you song? Um, you had mentioned that the 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 community after Bechtel Test Fest was very warm and, mm-hmm. and welcoming. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between performing those characters, or even not even performing those characters, but performing but in those comedy spaces versus what you do with real legitimate not sure. comedy theater theater? I think. Well, first of all, I should say I um, I don't do a lot of or I don't do any real like standard theater, right. and, and I okay. and I don't really audition for stuff. I'm really very into writing um, mm. and performing the stuff that I write. Um, but uh, there was a uh, there was a warmth and openness. I think because we were proposing such a ridiculous idea, and also just they curated that first year so well. Mm. I, like I attribute a lot of our success to our spot that night, like the time we performed, the people in the audience. Okay. Um, that really gave us, like we, we, we could soar on like, that Like energy. you had a good start. You had a, like a... Because it was such an experiment. Yeah. You know, we didn't know, we weren't sure. Yeah, if you, if you take that act to the wrong room uh, and it bombs. Definitely. Like, we, we did a show at Win Win one time that was a strange space. Yeah. I messed up some cues and I just remember like the feeling of like, wow, the, the energy of the room is you can never know what you were walking into. And that's why we tried our best to make material that would give us like space to, Mm -hmm. as we went, like tune in. Right. Uh, Because I think uh, that's the thing, especially when you're, you're asking people to, to accept this crazy character, this ridiculous accent. Yeah. You're, you're asking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe like with in a comedy space or when you play it as a comedy, there is more openness to accept those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I don't know, like if you didn't, if I'm just going to a thing called Baby Steps, right. I'm not expecting that at all. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. Like, it was nice to to share a bill with people so that we could just go after whatever. Yeah. Um, and and definitely my favorite thing about the act was always entering, like that first moment of, <laughs> of meeting the audience. Hello, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, or whatever, just, whatever you did, yeah. yeah just like seeing seeing them see us was uh, just always a kick in the pants for me. <laughs> um. So with creating a character like that, like is that something that you like doing? Like, yeah, I um, I'm really inspired by Amy Sedaris and Tracy mm. Ullman and um, the show Little Britain. Okay, I love uh, oh, bring it back to sketch comedy with Little Britain and yeah, Tracy Ullman. All right, cool. Yeah, see, yes. it fits. It fits. I'm I don't sure. even have to segue. <laughs> um, uh, I like those. Uh, those artists because they propose really big body changes or you know they they take their voice to its limits um and i like the rigor of of trying to come up with a character that is just completely outside of what i would expect to make or what anyone would expect Mm. to see me make uh so yeah i mean it's something i'm definitely interested in and something that i'm still pursuing uh i'll be performing in november and i'm planning to bring an old character back but also create a new one mm-hmm. so uh yeah it's still definitely like this the, the path i'm on it i don't know where it, i don't know where i fit right because i'm not <laughs> not doing sketch really right. not doing stand-up uh 
but the comedy community in Philly has made space yeah. ama- amazingly. Um, since, since you brought up uh, Little Britain and Tracy Ullman and stuff, like what made you laugh growing up? Growing up, well, I was homeschooled my whole life and uh, a child of the military, so I have a very strange sort of way into comedy because it was, um, <laughs> I, I would like find myself just surfing and looking like I, I, did, I didn't even have peers right uh, for a lot of the time obviously like I didn't you know they didn't lock me in the house all day yeah, yeah but, I mean yeah but I just remember surfing TV and finding like not that I find any inspiration for this in my comedy but like the Howard Stern show I was like what's this okay like what like I had so much curiosity and that's that's a very odd thing for a homeschool yeah military brat kid to happen upon like right and i mean obviously it brought up a lot of questions for me yeah there's and there's like <laughs> zero context like uh-huh. yeah I, yeah i can imagine how that's a very bizarre yeah so event. i didn't i didn't think of myself as uh, a particularly funny individual or mm-hmm. like seeking out comedy until i was like solidly in my 20s um so thinking back, I, I don't know if there's any like one thing that that revealed itself to mm. me as like, oh, I've got to do this. But or even like when you became a 20, you start looking for comedy like AbFab. Uh, AbFab definitely. OK. Did. did Which are, uh, again, two big characters <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, I, did, I, I think it just really few. So I really in a weird way, dislike theater. Um, <laughs> kind of hate it as, as, as I make it. You spent your entire adult <laughs> yeah. life. almost. So this whole time I've been searching for like what this weird in between spaces that I, mm-hmm. that I am interested in. Um, so yeah, uh, when I did discover these, these big characters, uh, there's also this story um, Amy Sedaris tells about her fatty suit, um, okay. which she wears in strangers with candy. But when she, uh, was younger. This is like an, an anecdote from a book, I think. But she wore half of the suit home just to freak her dad out to make him think that she'd gained a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the f- the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. And and just like it had ne- it had never occurred to me that I could do something so like right. strange and weird and and I definitely have a w- very w- bizarre bent uh, mm. to the kind of things that I think are are funny. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, baby steps I know, proves weird, that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, as you pursued theater in a different contest, because I really don't see you doing, you know, King Lear anytime soon, yeah, or no, you're no. not going to be Goneril or no. Regan. Um, <laughs> what's the motivation now, like, to step out of the box and do whatever experimental? weirdness you're gonna do like there's definitely a motivation to make people laugh i haven't yet found myself drawn to develop um dark material that that isn't ultimately funny mm. uh well because you can't you can't do dark like people don't want to do dark without something cutting the exact, te- like exactly yeah like, you kind of have to do dark and funny together Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're gonna just be a downer and yeah. like awful. Yeah. So I. No I one's mean, gonna want to be around you. Like, <laughs> do you want to come see my play? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I don't know. I guess it I'm very much searching uh, what I'm doing in my life, but the one thing I know, especially after school and the experience, um, like sort of meeting the comedy community in over 2016, is that I just I love to write for myself, mm -hmm. and uh, I love crazy visual images. So that's the theatery part that like sticks with me. Right. So uh, this weird fusion of comedy and like a, a really great earned visual image uh, to, to whoever will have me, really, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, all right, so now Dear Diary is coming up. Dear, yes. Dear Diary, LOL. Yes. Uh, it's a fringe for, it, you know, you're doing it through the Fringe Festival. Mm -hmm. It's you and a bunch of, a couple other people, mm -hmm. you know, we'll name drop as we go through. Um, <laughs> Finding your teenage diaries and now putting them on stage. Yeah, like, unaltered. We're not allowed, we, we, we're not editing <laughs> the text. We're curating it, so, obviously. But right, <laughs> so where does this come from? Where, who, like, where does this idea spark of like, so, oh, look, we, we were teenagers once. Let's revisit that experience. Well, at the end of the Pig Iron program, you are tasked with creating about a 20 minute long piece and you're given no feedback by the faculty and you show it one night only and that's it. Okay. So Francesca Montanelli, who is the lead artist and the one who conceived of the idea, did, did this uh, as her dare, which is what we called it, your dares, uh, because we were, we were hanging out and we realized that she had her old diary from when she was 13 and I had mine and then another friend of ours had hers. We were like, that's pretty remarkable that yeah. we have these accounts of being 13 specifically. Mm. So as soon as we got in the room and started reading, I mean, it, it, it's almost sometimes hard to be productive working on the show because it's so funny. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. Because like I've been thinking about this. Like I always wanted to keep a journal like in my childhood teen mm -hmm. years. And I would for like three weeks and then give up. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think the only, like, and I don't know, I, I'm sure I wasn't even saying anything important or like revealing or anything, but like my most prolonged attempt of doing a journal was back in like the Zanga days in college. Oh, you I know? had a Zanga, like, yeah. Like, oh, I remember your Zanga. Yeah. Yeah. It's still there. Is like, it? Oh, it's because like I was gonna joke like, and when you get to the Zanga period, call yeah. me. Let's, <laughs> let's figure that out. Right. Um, um, but like, and and you're obviously a very different person than when you were at 13. Mm -hmm. What's the process have been like? Like, are you like discovering, like rediscovering yourself you know, as you go through the old really stuff? It's really cool to have collaborators and friends read your read what you've written and help you discover some things about yourself mm -hmm. my diary is just like rife with you know i'm trying to figure stuff out about god i'm trying to figure stuff yeah. out about boys and i think a lot of people deal with those things yeah but uh it it just it reveals your journey to you in a way that you forget about completely unless you really like go back and look at each thing have, yeah, it's know. it's such a artifact almost that mm -hmm. like you're being your own like anthropologist like rediscovering this dig of yeah and, and there's so much that we all have in common mm. and there's also so much that we yeah don't there's, have some, in common. there's something entirely different about you being a military family mm -hmm. homeschooled yeah christian yeah. family 
It's, yeah, it's really crazy just reading other people's <laughs> diaries and understanding, you know, it's like people went to school with other, yeah. with other humans that were yeah. their age. Yeah. That must have been hard That's and thing weird and cool. That's a thing do. that a lot of people do, right? <laughs> that you were, you know, <laughs> taken away from or however you want to say it. Yeah, like. yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's nice to look back um, and to laugh i mean it's funny that like what i what i shared from the beginning of my diary i am laughing at myself now 17 years later all right so how many diaries are involved in the show like how many people i think at this point it's just four so my diary francesca uh, our other collaborator alicia crosby and i think sarah natel's gonna make sarah natel like yeah. there's like an accent at the end of it, like because oh, I've just been I'm saying niddle since I've met her, like really, and I, and I don't um, think she's ever. I don't know if I should be a spokesman for for how to pr- pronounce her last okay. name. Okay, so one <laughs> so of us is Sarah wrong. Niddle Natel, we're gonna find out. One of us has been wrong for <laughs> multiple I years. Hope okay, so much that it's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't think she's yeah, oh, but yeah, I, I st- I've stopped. Correcting people on my name, so <laughs> if she's at that space too, awesome. No one can say my name, also. So I don't understand how that's so difficult. Like, <laughs> just every single vowel and an X. Right, but like, I mean, the dough at the end makes sense. Like, it's the thib people want right. to go with I think, the th. I think when I was telling someone that I was going to talk to you, I said Thibodeau, and they're like, "There's an H." Like, they had that. <laughs> like, wait, it's Tib. I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is." <laughs> um, but that there's. You have actors as well, like have joined you, or is it just the four, like just so rotating us, around? It's us. Then we, so we have a, an an every boy character, uh, Michael Williams. So he plays all boys. Okay. In, uh, in the diary. Right, because uh, that would be something that would be universal <laughs> in thirteen-year-old girls' diaries. Yeah. I, it, it works so, really well. I actually. So that makes really sense. Fun. Yeah. So so we have Michael playing. There's a Corey everywhere. Like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and a Josh. Yeah. Um. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we also just added um, two other people, Gina Murdoch and Jenna Strasowski, both people that we know from the Pig Iron verse. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a nice, a nice group of us, and it'll be really exciting. We're going to do it at the Moss Space um, in September. But you said at the, I think before we were recording, that mm-hmm. you, you're not... You can't do your own yeah, that's the one rule. diary p- piece. Like right. wh- whenever you're on stage, it's not something yeah. that you've said. That yeah, we decided written. to separate ourselves just a little bit from our own material. Uh, it's it's nice to be able to speak someone else's text. Mm-hmm. So that way it doesn't feel, I don't know. We, we've tried it the other way bef- yeah. and, and it just seems to work. And uh, that's the one rule. So other than that, it's just sort of like piecing together these different uh, excerpts mm. and 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 weaving a story together, but yeah, uh, I'm really excited about it. And uh, it's going to be in the last weekend of the festival. The twenty something, twenty first or something. It's the like third week of September, but I'm bad and didn't write down the actual yeah, dates. That's fine. I'll do it at the end. <laughs> um, as as you go through theater, like I I know you had mentioned you directed something for one of the colleges oh, I did. or yeah, I have this strange gig every year where I direct a play for the Wharton Business School right okay so, yeah I remember it being just like 
it makes How is no that a thing? I know. It's, it's so it's a voluntary, cl- like, uh, extracurricular cl- club. They call it a stretch experience. And it's mostly people who have never been on stage in their lives. Right. And uh, it's so, so fun and funny to work with people who are about to go to Goldman Sachs or Facebook and earn, you know, triple right. what I'll ever earn. Um, but for them to be vulnerable with me and to, that's the one place where I felt like they're like, Megan's an artist. <laughs> She's a real artist like, from the real yeah, world. You're, you're in a <laughs> you're in an environment where you're the expert of yeah, yeah, among these people who are so incredible that are definitely experts in yeah. other fields that yeah. you and I have no clue. No idea what like, they even are. Yeah. Um. I, as you say that, I just I just can't like help but think that in twenty years you're gonna look back and be like, oh. That congressman oh, was in definitely. my class, and uh, he was a douche. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I gotta. Can't wait for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's it's fun and funny, and it has very much a like school play vibe, mm-hmm. which I just I love. What are they performing? So we did a Woody Allen show this year called okay. Death. Okay. Um, Don't. It is not his most popular play um and i think it was a movie as well uh uh, by a different name i was gonna say that definitely not that name (laughs) yeah but the year before that we did fish in the dark which is a play that larry david wrote okay okay very that was a that was an excellent script and uh it's really it's funny it's funny for people who don't do comedy who still want to be funny yeah uh so they want the funniest script possible to set themselves up sure you know um so it's it's great to be able to talk to and work with people who really don't even know where to begin with comedy or with timing. Yeah. Uh, really starting from square one. Right. Cause, and I always say, like, when we talk to people that go through, like, you know, the fit curriculum of classes mm-hmm. at or good, good, like, there's a difference between being the funny friend and being funny on stage like yeah there's a, a world of difference between making a joke among yeah i mean you've got your best plans but uh, like, once yeah. you're on stage uh, you're <laughs> all bets are off Yeah, there's no bright lights there's no like yeah and no matter how much you practice or rehearse there's usually going to be something that completely takes you off guard which is why improv is so helpful in my process uh because i'm at least yeah. A little steadier, even yeah. though you, you just never know. Do these Wharton, Wharton Business School people like adapt well? Like, do they like? They're pretty good. Yeah, actually, they, well, they're they're achievers. They're yeah. they want they want to do a good job. Right. I'm sure. I'm if you're positing it as a different type of goal for them to achieve. And I make them audition, so like the stakes feel like oh, I, you know, like I I got this part. Can't let my team down. You know? <laughs> Are you doing it again? Like. That's the plan, yeah. Every spring, you, do you pick what? I I pick like two, and then I let them read them, and if they like, okay. feel one way or the other, the hardest thing is they want it. Always want it to be huge casts, which is right. another th- like this year felt like a, a zoo and like a hat, cat herding experiment, uh, just to work with like twenty six different people and yeah. try to, to get them in one place. Right, because yeah, thing. you can't do it. You. You can't do like it's like high, you mentioned it's high school play. You can't do a show that only has like five roles. Yeah, yeah. And like you also don't want to do a show where there's like ten people that just have one thing to do or mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. I remember in high school, uh, I forget what show it was. I think it was Midsummer Night's Dream, 
like there's this one kid who came out like with a boom box out of nowhere <laughs> and just walked back away and that was his entire That's role all he got. Oh, yeah so and sad. I, like i just remember like what was that <laughs> like what was that? Like you can't do that. Like that's that's almost as mean as cutting him from the play to me. Exactly. Like, yeah. Um. With perf- I, I ask everybody, and I should have asked this earlier when sure. it made sense. Saturday Night Live is the the sketch comedy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. juggernaut for everybody. Do you have a favorite cast member from the history of the show? I'm sure a lot of people have said Kristen Wiig before, but I just have to, I have to choose. Kristen Wiig because totally matches what it, we've it been just, talking yeah, about the entire I just time. Feel like a kindred spirit with big her. character. Yeah, like I, I probably could have guessed it if I like. <laughs> I could have named three people I, and I like. I just feel, I I feel a kinship with uh, her, and I love her Marin interview where she just talks about how she's uh, just exposing simplicities sometimes, or just little. Little details, little little things about the world that she takes and explodes. Uh, there was a part of me that, like, a little part of me died inside because she's doing pizza commercials now. What? Like, they just came on, like, a couple days ago. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, like, there's a financial reason <laughs> to know, do pizza commercials. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's the same thing where she's doing, like, seven different characters in that 30-second spot. Amazing. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, and, and, and I was like... All of a sudden, Kristen Wiggs on my TV, and then like she's eating pizza. I was like, "What is happening in my <laughs> life right now?" Right. Like, it's so weird to me. Oh, uh, I would do a Pizza Hut commercial. That's, that's fine with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. All right. So when are you gonna sell out? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to cut this BS of like <laughs> yeah. experimental weird stuff. Exactly. And, <laughs> um, so, what's something that you've learned? Like, you've tiptoed into comedy. Mm-hmm more than drama, real theater, experimental, whatever you want to call it. What's something you've learned about comedy since you've started playing with us? And It's really hard. <laughs> but you knew that. Um, it's, it's a special kind of thing to plan something out in your head, write it on paper and rehearse it, and then do it. Uh, I just, something that I've learned is that you don't ever know how anything's going to go, but breathing and keeping your cool and being playful are yeah. such key ingredients to delivering a performance that people would want to connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, just do. A th- just do just shit. Do that, shit. Sign that up. That comes up a lot. Sign up. Just do. Do the thing, even if you don't know yeah. what you're doing. Um... Because, like, and, and we mentioned earlier, like, if you took baby steps into the wrong room, oh, it could you know, be, it's going to yeah, fail. Like, exactly, yeah. Now, granted, the, the two or three or four times I saw baby steps last year. You were at one show that was not, that, that we, we did that, we tried, we thought it I was I think I only so missed, like, one or two. Like, What'd you say? I think I only missed, like, one or two of the baby step shows. Okay. Like, We just had this opening that we thought was hysterical that involved, like, Pulsating lights and fog. The the the, uh, <laughs> the dry knew. ice experiment. Yeah. So we yeah experiment indeed. We knew from like second two <laughs> <laughs> that our three minute introduction was not working. And I have a feeling that I was the only one there <laughs> loving it. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that kind of stuff is 
good for you. Uh, failure is good mm. and not something to be afraid of, um, not something that should make you want to quit. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and as I generally try to pull you into the comedy world more and more, <laughs> every once in a while, like, what's something that, uh, why do you keep doing it? Why do you keep... Like, I mean, we've mentioned... <laughs> Why do I keep like, doing it? <laughs> we've mentioned that, like, you wanted to do theater since you were a kid. Like, yeah. you had, like, this weird vision board of... <laughs> right. I think, <laughs> I think I I feel a lot of power and freedom from being able to get on stage and deliver something that I wrote. And mm. that was a big... That was a mystifying thing for me when I was a kid. And even, you know, at the beginning of college, because, you know, there were, there were playwrights. Right. And they're writers. And I never considered myself a writer. And then just as my life unfolded and I found myself in more and more situations where I was writing, I was like, oh, I can, I can just write my own shit. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't yeah, need there's, there's a difference between giving power to, like... Sam Shepard's words and like sure. performing that versus sure. your own stuff. Like, Which, and I mean, there's totally merit to that. Uh, it's just not, not there's something a, that I'm there's a different to. level of fulfillment of perform. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I also, I, we, in school, we studied a form called Buffon, uh, which is this French, uh, style of performance where you stuff your body really grotesquely and you tell truths to the audience. Okay. That they might not want to hear. And something about like satire uh, really excited me mm -hmm. when I discovered that. And so, especially this year and moving forward, I'm I'm working on like sharpening my satire skills. Okay. It's a great time it, for satire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Comedy is a entirely different now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I get a lot of. Um, lifeblood and confidence and happiness from uh hand making a thing from start to end and sometimes i like burn myself out a little bit yeah. but uh it's very satisfying to throw yourself into something and and get all up in those intimate details because um, i always learn something yeah you know every show or thing i do it's like n never goes as planned. Yeah. Uh, are we going to get a Baby Steps reunion at some point? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I am focusing on the fringe right oh, now, amazing. but uh, we'll, we'll find out. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I asked. I've had a couple other theater people before. Is there a role that you'd want to play? Oh, God. Like, you know, like in the canon of the... Like, in the, the canon? Of like... You know, because, you know, the old British guys say, you know, King Lear or uh -huh. young British guys say Hamlet or Othello, sure. Othello, like. I don't know. That's a really good question. I, if I am so outside. Of, it's so weird to even call myself a theater person, even though I make theater. I'm so outside of. You're not, you're not doing the traditional mainstream theater. Even, yeah. I haven't thought about that question in a long time, but definitely like a gender bending character. Uh, something where you wouldn't recognize me when I when I came on. Like, anytime I would do a showcase uh, for school, because we did quite a few showcases, I would love it if friends didn't know that I was in a piece. Okay. <laughs> because because of, I was so transformed. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm cheating and just not answering your question, Josh. I'm Fine. sorry about that. <laughs> mean. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Thank <laughs> you.
You can see Megan in Dear Diary, LOL, September 21st through the 23rd at the Moss Building, 1325 North Randolph Street. Thursday, Friday, Saturday has shows at 8 p.m. And Friday has a second show at 10 p.m. You can reserve your tickets at fringearts.com. And I mentioned it up top. So I'm going to quick remind you before we leave. Dirtiest Sketch returns October 20th. You can sign up using the Google form, which you can find on the Philly Sketch Fest Facebook page. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at PHL Sketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. And, of course, like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.